Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yes, the last day of June right here on the Sports Grid Network, Series XM Channel 159, down your right side, along with Kevin Walsh. A lot to get to today as we head into the month of July, which means football, absolutely. But before we do that, let's take a look at the 7-7 seven and seven from yesterday and NBA headlines all over the place at this point now. If we take a look, how about this? A blockbuster trade in the NBA. And I question this right now and say to myself, what are the San Antonio Spurs doing here? Are we hitting the reset button once again? Why? Because the Atlanta Hawks acquire guard DeJounta Murray from the San Antonio Spurs for three first-round picks and Danilo Gallinari. Now, on the outset of it here, if you're looking towards the future, maybe it is a good move here for the San Antonio Spurs. But I got questions here of why Greg Popovich would actually approve this. Isn't this the type of guy that you build your team around, Kevin? I mean, what are we doing here? You build around DeJounte Murray. You don't ship him off. But I got to tell you, the Atlanta Hawks, pretty excited this morning. I definitely do. Uh, listen, th- it is odd that Pop is sticking around for a rebuild. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he could probably have his pick of a, a number of different destinations if he wanted to. Or I'm sure he could also say, hey, no rebuild. I want to win. Uh, but again, big, big, big news for the Hawks. Their title odds have been on the move uh, over the past 24 hours amid all of the DeJounte Murray news, of course, that initially did come through. We also saw DRS James Harden decline the mm. player option. Now, usually this always varies in how big of a story here, but the accompanying storyline with Harden declining the option is that he might take a little less money in order to put the Sixers in a better position to win now. This is what you want to see. Yo, Westbrook, how you doing out there on the West Coast? Mm. You know, filming little TikTok videos like, yeah, eat it. I'm going to take up $47 million of your cap. How about James Harden in the gym already working hard for the 2022-2023 NBA season and taking less money? Oh, what a team player, K-Dub. No, but here's, to be honest with you, it's a rightful shot at Westbrook, who, again, amid opting in, basically sent a taunting video online. The Lakers' number one priority this offseason has to be cutting him. And if you're the 76ers, the big ter- we know you know what you got in Embiid. You know Doc Rivers is bad. But if Harden can be special, then you have a legitimate shout. This is a great, great start, and it gives you a chance to make your better uh, your basketball team better. We've also apparently here that Jalen Brunson is now adding the Miami Heat to the list of teams that he's going to visit. Can I be honest with you, Donnie? The read on this? Tampering trying to make sure that the Knicks don't get fined, that to give up Brunson or something like that. No, we talked to a bunch of teams, not just the Knicks, and had a deal agreed to 48 hours before free agency. Yeah, don't worry. Didn't they even hire my dad here? Is this, nah, nothing's going on here out of the normal I mean, questions here. But I got to tell is- you, if you're meeting on South Beach, K-Dub, with the Don of all Dons down there and Pat Riley, I don't put it past about Jalen Brunson going, I know my dad's in New York. I know they can offer me a lot of money, but ooh, living in South Beach, I don't know, man. I don't know how Pat Riley would feel about being used uh, in this scenario. But, but, I mean, this Jalen Brunson situation, I mean, what kind of NIL deal is he getting? I mean, if this isn't the most college basketball recruiting scene I've ever watched with Jalen Brunson and the Knicks hiring 
family members to get the job done. <laughs> Nevertheless, we move. Uh, we will make this move over to Major League Baseball. Yeah. Shohei Otani goes back on the slab. I mean, this guy right now to me might actually have a better case for Cy Young than MVP. Let's make sure we bring the radio audience into the fold. Appreciate all those tuning in to the early line on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM. Channel 159, Kevin Walsh and Donnie right side here. But last night, late night action. Otani case 11 White Sox in a victory 4-1 for the Angels. Absolutely impressive. Maybe we'll talk about this later in the show. Does it actually hurt Shohei Otani if he wins the Cy Young? And that means, go. we can't give him both. You give him the Cy Young, Hmm. you give the MVP over to Judge. How about that? How about that to twist you up here? Now, I got to tell you, usually you'd say, what a ridiculous notion, but... uh, Judge's MVP odds got better, and 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 Shohei's yeah. uh, did get worse yesterday. I guess Judge. Well, then again, Judge hit a ball that landed roughly 750 feet at a Yankee Stadium the other day, so perhaps that uh, factored in. How about the Houston Astros? Boy, do the New York Mets hope they don't have to ever see this team again. I mean, they just dominated two nothing. City. I mean, over over the course of two games, the Mets mustered up an impressive one run in 18 innings here. In their home ballpark against the Astros, bad stuff for them. Yeah, so a lot of people were sleeping on the Astros coming in. Ah, oh, you lose Correa, you lose a couple other pieces over the final, you know, the past few years, all the cheating, you know, going around. Doesn't matter. Astros are a really good ball club here, and they're here to stay. Yeah, they they certainly are. They actually have a better record uh, than the Mets at this rate. So it, it is impressive, and we know uh, the Atlanta Braves continue to win. Basically, it feels like. Every game they play. We've also, Donnie, found out that today will begin uh, the third day of the Deshaun Watson hearing. So, I don't know. I mean, we're getting closer, I guess, to the the decision around Watson, but they're certainly taking their time. No, they certainly are. And doesn't this feel like, Kevin, this is one of the more embarrassing episodes for the NFL. Does this feel like a Friday 5 p.m. news dump over the weekend, eight games or six games or four games, and we we will forget about it on Monday morning? It really feels like it's headed because I I love breaking news, but I doubt on a Thursday afternoon they're going to break the Deshaun Watson. Here's exactly what he's suspended for. I don't think it's happening. Watch out, news dump, Friday night. Yeah, you're on to it. But they don't do they really think that like the story's gonna go away? <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess it's worth trying if you're the NFL. Also, yesterday, Novak, no issues advancing in Wimbledon. And that's where we're gonna start off. Not just with Wimbledon, but the John Deere quest and try to get you some picks early morning to set you up for your day. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, let's get straight to the action here on the early line. In about a half hour, we're going to see off the John Deere Classic. And Webb Simpson is your favorite on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Before we uh, start to break this down and see what jumps off of the page, I want to throw it over to our guy, Dubs Anderson, to help us out with a little course preview heading into this tournament. 
Vroom, vroom, go and start those tractors up. It is the John Deere Classic this week for the PGA Tour. Not the pinnacle on the schedule, but a great opportunity for some of these young guys to try and get the breakthrough win. For some of these journeymen to pick up a couple of FedEx Cup points. We're only a couple weeks out from the next major, the Open Championship. we got three spots up for grabs this week. So plenty of motivation on the line and plenty of opportunity for us to cash a big ticket. I'm looking for value this week. You look at the field, it is not a strong one. Lucas Glover is your defending champion. He's joined by headliners Jason Day, Adam Hadwin, Sahith Gala, and Webb Simpson. Yes, I said headliners. What about this golf course? TPC Deer Run. Par 71, just under 7,300 yards. A lot more undulation this week, so you need shot making, forgiving fairways, tree-lined fairways, bent grass greens. The winning mark's probably going to get to 21, 22 under par, so yes, it is going to be a birdie shootout. The key stats we're looking at, I'm not so big on distance, I'm big on iron play. Look at strokes gain on approach. You need a hot putter, especially when it is a low winning score, so look at strokes gain putter. And then again, factor in course history. We've seen past winners here show back up and they find their best stuff. Guys like Steve Stricker, Jordan Spieth have multiple wins. We've seen guys like Dylan Fratelli, Bryson DeChambeau, Michael Kim. It is a real mixed bag. So where do we look? We look for form. Who's been knocking on that door the last four or five weeks? I'm looking at some of these young guys who have the motivation to get through into the winner's circle. Five of the last ten winners here have been first-timers. Go the value, go the opportunity play. Somebody fill me up with Diesel. It is the John Deere Classic for the PGA Tour. Again, I mean, you could get Dubs to break down a local golf tournament and he'll bring the fire, Donnie, there. But the John Deere Classic, that par 71, Webb Simpson, your early favorite. First time in a little bit, I feel like, where, where you're seeing not just the first choice start, you know, at 11 to 1, but... Your second choice is 18 to 1 in Adam Hadwin. Third choice, Tagala, is 22 to 1. There's a lot of big prices out here on the John Deere Classic. No, there is a lot of big prices, and it's a shame. Like, if we would have maybe Cam live or even, you know, Dubsy live here to ask him the question, are these the type of tournaments that are best involved where you do take long shots? Because how many times do we see some of the upper-level tournaments and even talking about the majors where you see, like, the top 15, top 20 in the world all stacked up at the top, and you say, well, why would I take a guy, Kevin, 50 to 1, 75 to 1, 100 to 1 here? He's going to have to beat the best players in the world. Well, we don't have the best players in the world this week on the PJ Tour at the John Deere, so maybe you're taking a look at some of those guys like Ham Champ. 40 to one here mm -hmm. and less where you can say to yourself, I actually have a legitimate chance to win this because we don't have the head hunters in the tournament. We don't have the guys that have won three, four and five majors here hunting on a Sunday. You have guys that haven't won before trying to make a run here to the top and you're getting some really good prices to try to do that with. No doubt. And you hear dubs say you need a first time winner. You need good form. There's a guy who jumped off the page of me when I saw these odds here, because Tagala over at the Travelers, you know, had a mm -hmm. tough down the stretch there, finished, you know, tied for second. And then two more tournaments ago, so RB, at the RBC, he wasn't great. But at the Memorial, finished T5. He's had a good run of form. Before we kind of button this up, let's get Dub's thoughts on Tagala heading into the John Deere Classic. It's the John Deere Classic this week for the PGA Tour. So who do we like in the outright market? I want to go first-time winner, someone who has been knocking on the door. Sahith Thagala listed 27-1. to 1. You may be thinking, why does that name sound so familiar? He finished runner-up there last Sunday at the Travelers to Xander Shoffley. He's had five top tens this season already, including the Sanderson Farms. We saw it in Phoenix, at the Valspar, at Memorial. And again, their last week at the Travelers Championship. It's his first season on the PGA Tour. Still only 24 years of age from Pepperdine University down the road here in California. He bombs it a mile. He's good on a short, soft golf course. That's what we get this week. We know it's going to be a birdie shootout. Sahith Gala ticks the boxes for me. Look at the key stats for him here as well. 76 in strokes gain off the tee. 78th in strokes gain on approach. And 64th in strokes gain around the greens. The putting needs to improve, but from what I saw last week, he was dynamite from within six feet. I expect more of the same. He's hungry. He's got the motivation. He's not afraid of anybody. I don't see scar tissue. I see lessons being learned. A young guy ready to win here at the John Deere Classic. Sahith the Gala. It's not 150 to 1, but we're going to take 27 to 1. It is the smart play. Go and get those tickets in. You hear it right there, DRS Dubs lining up the gala heading into this tournament. 
Yeah, and also you hear that 27 to 1, which now has turned into a 22 to 1 on the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook here as we update these PJ Tour odds as they're changing momentarily until we do have tee off time. But also taking a look, I-, I like his point of view here because most of the time you would look at a player that hasn't won yet and hasn't learned how to win. And you saw last week struggling in the biggest moments where you just played decent golf down the stretch. You're going to win your first big tournament here. So then he enters into this equation this week. Now, again, a lesser field. What happens if he's in that same spot again, Kevin? Is he going to be able to personally? Severe? Is he going to be able to say, okay, I'm up one shot with three to go. Let me hold on. Or will he fade away? Should be some interesting things to watch this week. But I like where Dubsy's going with this. Take a guy that's hot and scar tissue, right? I'm going to get over the top as opposed to, oh, no. If I'm in this position again, maybe I can't get the job done. He expects him to get the job done this week. And again, we're about a half hour out from tea time. I'll mention one quick thing. Because of the nature of this tournament, not any big names like that, a guy like the Gals, he's plus 115 for top 20. Usually, when you talk about a guy with top three odds to win a tournament, yeah. top 20, you're going, you're, you're talking close to minus 200s there. I mean, the, the biggest favorite on the board is Webb Simpson at minus 135. That's very, very bettable. It lines up a ton of opportunity in this tournament. We've got enough time to bring Wimbledon into the fold. Not a ton of superstars out there today. Boss is out there. I think Krygos is out there as well. But the big name, of course, DRS is Rafael Nadal, the second choice in the outright market for men's Wimbledon there. He's minus 3,000. That's not a bettable number. Hardly makes much sense at all, really, in a parlay. But as we said yesterday with Novak, try to get creative if you're going to get involved with a Nadal match. Exactly. And we take a look at big favorites, right? You try to equate it to different sports here. Major League Baseball, let's just say yesterday at one point, Yankees minus 250, minus 300 favorites over the Oakland Athletics. And we say to ourselves, Kevin, boy, that's a ridiculous price. I wouldn't pay that. Well, if you want a money line, Rafael Nadal to win today, that is a minus 3000 price. But of course, as they move on, as the stakes get higher and the players get better as we dwindle down at Wimbledon, those numbers are going to change here. But you're right. You got to get creative to make some money unless you just got big pockets. Pockets and you say to yourself, yeah, I'll lay down a couple shekels on a minus 3,000 favorite. <laughs> go sip a couple teas at the bar and cash in my winnings after. Most of us can't do that. We got to get creative in sets and stuff like that. Here is where I think the Nadal match kind of catches my attention a little bit more. So Novak yesterday was minus 155 in the men's overall outright market going into his match. He wins. He climbs to minus 190. Nadal's your second choice. At 6-1. to one. Everybody else is 12-1 to one or longer. If Nadal were to be upset today, is Novak getting to like minus 300 range at that point all of a sudden in this, in this men's outright market? Like, again, I'm not necessarily sure I'm telling you minus 190 is, is great value, but it really seems, again, like Nadal is, is almost that kind of stopgap there between Novak being under minus 200 and maybe, again, minus 300 or better. No, and you're exactly correct there, because when you take a look and say what makes some sense and where those lines would move, outside of your favorite word, a retirement here in the tournament in tennis, he's going to be a heavy favorite to win it, and rightfully so, as he tries to march towards history by taking down yet another major at this time. But yes, Kevin, outside of retirement here, either way, he's going to be a heavy favorite if that happens. I mean, imagine that. I mean, you you get the alert, your guy retires, but it doesn't even really mean they retire. It's just... You don't even know what's going down. It, it really, it just, it does not line up the way that they think. Quick, quickly, just to let you know, it still does remain Iga Swiatek's tournament to lose on the women's side of this right now, a plus 145 favorite on the FanDuel Sportsbook. All right, that is your John Deere Classic breakdown, and that is your Wimbledon breakdown as well. Coming up next, we get into the blockbuster trade yesterday between the Atlanta Hawks and the San Antonio Spurs. Keep it right here. This is the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah. 
The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. is going to be getting right around the corner, starts today. I don't know if they will break news before the official launch uh, date or launch kind of time there, but we know it's coming. But we got huge news yesterday in the NBA as DeJounte Murray, what felt like the franchise cornerstone of the San Antonio Spurs, is now an Atlanta Hawk. And it did not come at a cheap price. Three first-round picks all unprotected from Atlanta, plus a 2026 pick swap, along with Danilo Gallinari, make their way back to San Antonio. The Hawks, though, bring back an all-star guard in DeJounte Murray, who averaged 21-9-8 this past season. Donnie, your initial reaction to this DeJounte Murray-Atlanta Hawks trade? What are the San Antonio Spurs doing, Kevin? And I love the fact that the Atlanta Hawks made this move here. Does it make them championship contenders? No, it doesn't. But just take a look at the FanDuel Sportsbook here. Their odds have increased here now to 50-1 to to win the title. Do I think they're going to win it? No, I don't. But sometimes the options that you have on the table to say, I need to match up my superstar, Trey Young, with another guy that can actually help him out in the backcourt. And this is exactly what's taking place. So a move from DeJounte Murray to Atlanta, I like. What we're doing in San Antonio for my first reaction, Kevin, I, I don't know. We're building for the future again. It feels like we've been building for a few years and that my initial talking point is always going to be, don't you build around DeJounte Murray? Isn't that what you're supposed hmm. to do? Yeah, well, I mean, you you would think, and as enticing as it is to drag whatever the plan the Spurs have or do not have through the mud, I want to make this about the Atlanta Hawks because what I think the Atlanta Hawks did was fantastic. Oh, the pick swaps, pick swaps. They're young. They're young. I mean, these are 25, 26-year-olds that the Atlanta Hawks are building around in Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. And the simple part is, I don't think there was a better guard to pair next to Trey Young than DeJounte Murray. Not Zach Levine, not Bradley Beal. DeJounte Murray was the guy. First of all, Defensive guards. We'll go with one advanced metric. I won't beat people over the head with the defensive box score plus minus. Do you know how many guards had a better defensive box score plus minus than the Jean Murray? One. And by the way, it was Matisse Stiebel, not Marcus Smart. So he's automatically one of the very best defensive guards in the entire sport. Do you know where DeJounte Murray ranked amongst assist leaders in the entire NBA? Fourth, Luka, or excuse me, Harden, Chris Paul, and Trey Young were the only three players that ranked ahead of DeJounte Murray in assists. Who was he passing to, by the way, in San Antonio? So you bring in a big guard who is elite on the defensive side of the basketball, Donnie, and becomes basically the first teammate of Trey Young's NBA career that can get Trey Young easy, accessible, open looks. What a slam dunk fit and acquisition by the Atlanta Hawks. It's very good. And also, let's, you, you, sometimes you can't really say, okay, different teams, you look at different scenarios. Obviously, we take a look at Golden State, and you have Steph Curry, who can really bomb away. But he's a de facto point guard, but they have other guys that have the ability to get him in the mix where he doesn't have to just create off the dribble and fire three-point shots. That now gives you the ability for Trey Young. How many times do we see Trey Young have to dribble the ball, go through four or five picks, and then fire from the logo? Isn't it going to be nice to run plays where he's going to be wide open where another guy can facilitate and get him the basketball for easy bucks? That's what's going to take place now in Atlanta. Great move for them. And, oh, it's 
Also, in like in the NFL, oh, three first-round picks. Wow, you can't do that. In the NBA, unless those three first-round picks, Kevin, are in the top 10, who cares? Get a very good player as opposed to a guy that might be a G League guy that you can use down the line at pick 26, 27, or 28. The Atlanta Hawks are probably going to be a factor in the Eastern Conference making the playoffs. So whether the Spurs getting back unprotected, I don't foresee in the future that this is going to be, a, oh, man, look at that. The number three overall pick now is going to be with the San Antonio Spurs from the Atlanta Hawks. I don't see that happening. I look at draft picks in the NBA and say, just get me good players. We'll figure out the rest later when we need the bottom out. And by the way, Atlanta is going to still be on the phone about trading John Collins, could potentially bring back a first-round pick. And we know they're on the phone about Clint Capella potentially being moved on from as well. Let, let me also say, you know, to take this a step further about where Atlanta ranks here, right, in terms of what their picks are going to convey to. So, Donnie, they won 43 games this year, the Atlanta Hawks. So if I told you they won 50 this coming season, is that ridiculous? I mean, the Boston Celtics no. were the two-seed in the Eastern Conference with 51 wins. So, yeah, the Atlanta Hawks are absolutely going to be in the conversation for a top-four seed in the Eastern Conference – because here's what they now have, and, and to be honest with you, DRS, I'm not sure it's even really debatable. They easily have the best backcourt in the Eastern Conference. I mean, who else are you even considering? Kyle Lowry and whoever they let shoot threes next to him? Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown? No way people are going to make that argument. Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr.? I mean, Levine and Lonzo would probably be... The second best option, Bradley Beal and whomever he gets to play an irrelevant 70 games next to. I mean, Donnie, look at the Eastern Conference backcourts. I mean, it really is this DeJounte murray Trey Young pairing with, with a legitimate gap here now. No, there is. And also, let's remind ourselves, last year was a sort of a uh, downstep here for the Atlanta Hawks. And what have we been saying? It's almost sometimes how these things mend together in the NBA, right? We talk about Luka Doncic, who actually got traded for Trey Young. Who is going to get these guys some help to sort of further their career? And it looks like the Atlanta Hawks are stepping up to the plate. And also remind ourselves that, yes, last year wasn't a great year for the Atlanta Hawks, but the year before, if Trey Young doesn't get banged up and hurt, it could have been a completely different scenario where maybe they were fighting for an NBA championship. It's a good move here to try to resurrect that backcourt, which I do think you've done here for the Atlanta Hawks. You got the guy some help in Trey Young, who's going to make his life easier next year to win all the way around here, even though it appears to be a steep price they paid. I don't think so. Well worth it here. You have a superstar player, support your superstar player, and the Atlanta Hawks did that. At the open of uh, these odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook, at the opening of these odds to win the next year's title, Atlanta was booked around 85 to 1. And at the time, I was actually on BATR with the Consig, and I said the number's disrespectful, and it's not factoring in that they are going to move heaven and earth to get better this offseason. Three first-round picks, and they've now got DeJounte Murray, and they're now 50 to 1. And I'd be interested, by the way, I mean, listen, 24 to 1 to win the Eastern Conference. They're out here betting early. Same number as Toronto. Three, I mean, what are the Chicago Bulls doing in front of both Toronto and Atlanta? I mean, I don't know what they're mm. doing there. But, I mean, it really, th like, triple the number of the Heat, the 76ers. I, I just find these Atlanta numbers to, to be offering a world of value. Let me ask you about one more futures market, and then we can expand on the San Antonio Spurs angle of this a little bit more. Trey Young, 41-1 to to win the NBA's MVP award. More or less likely to be in the race for that now that they've added DeJounte Murray. More likely to be in the race, Kevin. And why is that? Because we talk about the Yankees in Major League Baseball and Aaron Judge. If you're on a better basketball team, you get more eyes on you. You're playing in bigger games. Therefore, if you do succeed, you are a catalyst to why your team is actually winning big games, being on national TV, and fighting for a one, two, three, or four seat in the East. I actually think this helps them. We talked about like Kevin Durant. If everybody leaves Brooklyn, well, he's going to go off for 45 every single game, and all his numbers will be there. I like this move. You add another player that's going to make his life easier, and it should equate to more basketball wins, which should be putting him back in that MVP conversation again. I, I totally agree. I, I totally agree because at the end of the day for Trey Young, right, all of that volume that he had right now with the Atlanta Hawks. Again, I don't think, I don't know if he, I really don't think people realize that Trey Young was top five in scoring and assists in the NBA this year, right? But if you're going to win 43 games, if you're going to be a fringe playoff team, it's going to be really tough to get into that MVP mix. DeJounte Murray elevates this team, top three seed in the Eastern Conference. I don't think Trey's numbers are going to take as much of a dip as people might imagine because what I think you're going to see is the efficiency, again, 
uptick because he's going to get some of the easiest baskets of his career thanks to DeJounte Murray being included. There are definitely more Hawks moves that need to be made and that need to be followed. Look, here's the thing with the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, this team could be way further ahead in their rebuild if Greg Popovich didn't make an awful, awful, awful trade of Kawhi Leonard to the Toronto Raptors and instead traded him to the Los Angeles Lakers because he wanted to make sure that the Lakers didn't get better. And here's what Pop did in doing that. Kawhi won a title the next year in Toronto, then went to Los Angeles, but a different LA team. Oh, and then the Lakers still won a championship. He basically accomplished none of what he wanted to, got a package that centered around Jakob Pertl, and now, instead of having a Brandon Ingram to pair with a DeJounte Murray, there's nobody of Brandon Ingram's level on that team, and they've had to trade DeJounte Murray. He's one of the oldest coaches going, and he's 20-plus years into this, and absolutely zero chance at competing at any reasonable level. But, Donnie, I hope it was worth it for him to stymie the chance for Kawhi and the Lakers to win titles, which they did back-to-back -back seasons. Great job, Pop. Yeah, take a picture of Pop hanging on the wall. Take a picture of Pete Carroll hanging on the wall. Doesn't seem fairly similar here, where you had a once-proud franchise that looked like each and every year you were a Super Bowl or a championship contender in the NBA. Now you're into rebuilding with an older coach set in his ways, trying to do the same things. Maybe it's time to move on in San Antonio. That it was a proud franchise, and I'm not knocking them. Maybe they have the front office that's going to put this rebuild together in three years, do it again, but I just don't see it right now at this time. Stacking draft picks. Where's it gotten Oklahoma City right now, as opposed to just being a bottom? feeder we'll see picks don't equal success and don't equal great players a lot of the time look maybe they make a big move down the road right but those hawks picks are the hawks are not gonna bottom out i i, I don't need trey young is 23 I mean, how are you selling people on on yeah. that, that those picks bottoming out it, it doesn't really make any sense again san antonio going for a rebuild they won 34 games last year Th that's fine why is pop sticking around for a rebuild, though. That is what's a little puzzling to me, but to each his own. There are more NBA headlines for us to get into on the day of NBA free agency. That's all coming up after this quick break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Back here on Sports Grid, taking a look at this. I think this James Harden one absolutely warrants some discussion. You know, Harden's year last year, I think at times is really hard to put into perspective for people because Harden started things off, you know, quite well, I feel like, for the Brooklyn Nets. And then things deteriorated. Kevin Durant was injured. Kyrie wasn't around. And he went over to Philadelphia. And for the first week and a half, two weeks, Donnie, James Harden and Joel Embiid were basically the greatest one-two punch in the history 
of basketball. Harden was out there ripping off, you know, 20-point triple-doubles while averaging, you know, 60% from the field. I mean, they, they look, and, and B was scoring 35 a game. And then again, things started to pull back. And it got to the point where people were wondering, could the 76ers really pay Harden the max contract? Could they really pay this guy what he would typically command with the way he looked? And really, I have to say, in a stunning move based on what people would have assumed of James Harden, he's not putting the 76ers in that position. He's here to work with the Sixers, take a shorter, less lucrative deal in order to give the Sixers a chance to be more competitive in the here and now. Harden deserves applause for this. I'm surprised by it. And it's great news for the 76ers. It is great news for the 76ers and also just shows you how much James Harden actually wants to be in Philadelphia and how close that relationship between Daryl Morey and James Harden actually is where you're going to say like, remember all the tea leaves coming out like, hey, Kyrie's going to leave 30 million on the mm-hmm. table as opposed to getting paid 36 million. We'll play for six and a half million. Well, what person in the right mind right now looks like they're declining in their NBA career? One last monster payday on deck here for a year of about 47, 48 million. He goes, you know what? I want to help this organization out. I really want to be here. I'm going to get in the gym sooner, but also to your original point here when you were talking about James Harden coming over from the Brooklyn Nets I remember one game me and the boys got together I believe it was a Friday night where they played in Minnesota and he was absolutely phenomenal and then correct me if I'm wrong maybe a day or two later maybe a Sunday afternoon game against the New York Knicks he was equally as impressive and I'm saying to myself my goodness this team is really going to make a run now his play sort of fell off there 20 and 9 average which you want him to be a superstar in the playoffs and step up in the biggest moments he didn't do that but I like the fact where it's so how how many times we look at James Harden, an NBA athlete, particularly we should look at like Shaquille O'Neal, would <clears throat> come into camp, Kevin, completely out of shape and play his way in the shape, which James Harden usually does. Looks like he's back in the gym sooner, which is much better for the Sixers and at a better price where you can bring in an additional free agent. That's a win all the way around for the Sixers, even if it doesn't mean a championship, things look good for the Sixers. Just again, give the perspective. Harden's first four games in a Sixer uniform. 27 and 12, 29 and 16, 26 and 9, 25 and 11. Even the next game, he had 16 and 14. He was shooting 60% from the field basically the entire way, 50% from three. My, I mean, it, it was a dominant, dominant beginning of that 76er career. And then basically Harden, you know, as the when, as it carried on, he had one splash the bucket playoff game, 31, 9 and 7, 6 of 10 from three. And, and that was really his own. I mean, he. I mean, again, you know, his last game in, in the series against Miami, 11 points. The game before that, 14 points. He was bad. He was bad. He was nowhere near Harden's level. This, again, is encouraging because, Donnie, if he's going to take a little bit less money, right, it shows then that there's some self-awareness of, I need to be better. I need to improve. It's self-awareness that doesn't exist yeah. with, the, with Russell Westbrook in L.A., Okay. That's the reality. Russ has never once thought anything was his fault. Russ blames everything on everybody else. And this is the thing about Russ that I think somehow should win. He is on a LeBron James team, and Russ is the story and not LeBron. That should be almost impossible. And it's not because Russ is spectacular. It's He's that bad, Russ, these days. And, I mean, how many times, Donnie, is Darvin Ham going to pretend that he's going to convince Westbrook to be a defensive first player? I mean, because I mean, I'm, I'm tired of hearing that notion there. And the thing is, is there are, it's a little hard on on on, on Harden, but it, there were some comparisons between the two, those huge, huge opt-in numbers there. And I think you see it right away. Harden's going to do whatever he can to put his team in a winning position. Westbrook couldn't care less. Public perception. Sometimes that's so key here to give a player a little bit more of a let's just say, you know, a diving board to jump into the pool. If you take a look at what James Harden did to end the season, grumblings in Philadelphia, we ain't paying you this much. My goodness, it might even be better just for you to walk. And James Harden, instead of just opting into that contract or straight up opting out and leaving the Sixers, goes, you know what? I want to be here. I'll take less. Get another player in here. I'll work hard in the offseason to make sure I can be a better team player and I fit in this city. And you know what Sixers fans do, which is a very hard fan base to try to come over the top of when you had a disappointing, let's just say, first year. You know what? This guy wants to be here. And sometimes all a fan base wants to hear is the guy chose us. You know, similar to, let's just say, Bryce Harper coming to Philadelphia. But if we flip it over to the Los Angeles Lakers perspective here, imagine if Russ said, you know what? I made a lot of money here. 
I'm about making things right. I still think I'm young enough where I can get another contract. I want to do whatever it takes here for the Lakers this year and LeBron James and AD to be a better team here. What do you need me to do? I'll opt out, opt in for the $6 million, whatever it is, or I'll opt into a longer-term deal, which is going to be what James Harden is doing, to make this team better. And you know what the fan base of the Lakers does in the front? Because you know what? That's a team-first guy right there. We really appreciate that. That sets the hounds who are going to pounce on you the first time you shoot a three-point shot and it hits the side of the backwards. Hey, he wanted to be here. He's working on things. Come on, get it together out there, Westbrook. But at the same time, you put that video up basically saying like, yeah, I'm ruining the Lakers season and their salary cap. I'm trying to get mine. Deal with it. That's not a good look. And it's why I think right now you see the Sixers at a 17-1 to uh, kind of a, you know a more respectable number there, and the, and the Lakers are back to twenty five to one, right? Yeah. So you, you start to get the, a little bit of the idea of, of how these teams are viewed. And again, Harden now is giving the Sixers a chance to get a little bit better this offseason. We'll see how they ultimately are able to make those moves. Now, this next one here, look, I, I think it's worth bringing up because we're going to see if tomorrow one of the headlines reads Bradley Beal goes back to Washington. But the other day, you know, I don't want to say Donnie and I got into it, but he he compared Lillard and Beal. And that's become a bit of a peeve of mine because Lillard, at the minimum, is trying to hold Portland accountable. And that then, in return, Portland is trying to get better, right? They were on the phone with that seventh overall pick. They brought in Jeremy Grant. We expect them to do more during this offseason. Lillard's at least out there recruiting Kevin Durant, saying, hey, who knows, maybe it could happen. Meanwhile, as Bradley Beal, again, is probably less than, you know, 12 hours away from committing another five years to Washington, they're making trades with the Denver Nuggets where the Nuggets are trying to put Jokic in a better chance to compete for a title, which means Washington is what? Washington is, is not trying to be put in a better chance to be a legitimate contender when they send out Contavious Caldwell-Pope to the Denver Nuggets. This is why the Bradley Beal stuff bothers me. That is, again, you want to make your money, cool, good, great, got it, fine, whatever. But they're not serious in Washington at all. Why does Bradley Beal not try and say, hey, I'll come back, but can you prove that you want to win? Instead, Donnie, again... 24 hours before Beal commits another five years to Washington, they're making trades that they're making other contenders better. What a joke. Here's the joke, and it's with Washington, and it's, I guess, my angle here in the NBA. If I'm an owner or a front office GM, and I have to answer to ownership, and I say, all right, guys, how we, as the owner, how are we looking this year for 22-23? Ooh, we're going to have one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid player in NBA history. Fantastic. We're going to sell season tickets. We're going to make a run at this title. What's our look at? What, like, what's the outcome here? Well, if we look at the FanDuel Sportsbook, sir, we're plus 390 to win the NBA championship. The hold the fort here. You just told me I'm going to pay somebody more than anybody's ever made in NBA history, and I'm a plus three or a third, 390 to one? What get uh, how do you – and, again, it gets back to the point where you can't fault the players for doing this because the money is out there, teams are willing to pay. But I just don't understand as an ownership group or a franchise how you sell mm -hmm. your fans on. This guy is going to make 50-plus million dollars a year, and we're not even a blip on the radar of being competitive. How does this happen? It almost takes a look at where I get angry at the Spurs for what they're doing, but at least they have a plan in place. We can't win now. Let's stack the deck for the future. Like, Pop's not going, let's sign DeJounte Murray to the highest contract in NBA history and still stink. At least there's a plan in place. It just seems like the only plan is Bradley Beal saying, bring me back at all this money. Don't build around me. Don't give me any pressure, and I'm fine with that. Washington, come on now. Donnie, you know how uh, some of these guys take uh, their contracts in Bitcoin? Like, can can Beal take his contract in Wizards outright title odds? Like, you, you think maybe that would, would change the equation a, a little bit? You know, but I, it's very funny because I get bothered by Bradley Beal spending an offseason telling us that he's being recruited at a high level, winning is going to be a priority, and then pulling this nonsense. But you, you take a very interesting approach, and not one that I had really considered to— why is Washington bringing him back? I mean, what no is the idea. plan? Like, have him play for one more season and then trade him and see what you get back? I, I mean, really, what what is the point of 
Who in what? Like, do people in Washington kind of maybe say, ah, get rid of him? I, I don't understand. I don't understand here. I really, I, I, I don't at all. How? It's not. You know how, like, kind of right the story is that nobody was interested in Kyrie, so that was probably a big reason he's back in Brooklyn, right? Yeah. Isn't, like, half the league interested in Bradley Beal? Yes. I mean, what are we doing here? Yes. I mean, what? Like, he'd be on the Miami Heat tomorrow. Like, half the league is interested in Bradley Beal because he's a really good basketball player, and everybody has the same notion as us, Kevin. Bradley, your team stinks. We'll pay you. Come win. Come have fun. He's like, you know what? Washington is my home here. And some guys are just comfortable at that level. No pressure, Kevin. Is anybody in Washington? Like, are the fans, are the, first of all, the fans saying, I'm not showing up to a Washington Wizards game because you traded Bradley Beal? No. Fans aren't showing up anywhere, any way, shape, or form at this point because that team is bad. But I guess when you make that money, you can say, "I'm still, hey, I stuck it out with my hometown team. Everybody loves me here. Like Joe Thomas, like the all-pro you know, the all pro left tackle for the Cleveland Browns. Hey, Joe, go win somewhere else. No, I just like it here in Cleveland, winning like one out of every 37 games. But you're always going to be a hero to that hometown fan base. But more or less, don't you want to exceed? Nobody. Nobody is going to fault you, Bradley Beal, if you said, you know what? It hasn't worked out in Washington. I'm looking to get better here. Maybe Washington can get some picks back where they can better their future. I think it works better for both parties here. And what person would say, that's such a selfish take by Bradley Beal? It's not. It's not. Let him go win somewhere else. But at the same time, you have to want to go win somewhere else, don't you? I mean, John Wall left. Westbrook came in. You know, when they traded I, despite what, what, what people might, when they traded Russ, the notion wasn't, oh, look, Washington's trying to compete. You, you know what I mean? Like, that wasn't the idea. It was, oh, they, they you know, they got back a, a couple of pieces. Like, they got back a couple of pieces there, right? It, this is not a team that has shown to Bradley Beal, hey, we want to be serious at all. At all. And they, keep, they have the same title as the Sacramento Kings. They're closer in title odds to the Oklahoma City Thunder than the New York Knicks. If that, if that doesn't put it into perspective, then we're all lost here, aren't we? Donnie, they are closer to the Thunder than the Knicks. Yeah. The Knicks. Nobody said one good word about the Knicks all offseason long other than the Brunson family. And the Wizards are closer to the Thunder, whose most important player is over in France right now. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, last second here in hour one before we get to a lot of good stuff in hour number two. Uh, Haro's going to join us, talk a little bit about the sports business landscape. We'll get into the Sean Watson and then, of course, give you that full baseball preview that you need. Uh, but tomorrow, again, or today, really, the NBA free agency kicks into high gear. Uh, Jalen Brunson adds Miami to the list. So it's now Miami, the Knicks, and the Mavs. 
I said it off the top. I don't think Miami is serious in this at all. I, f- I truly believe this is a cover of potential tampering because I think Mark Cuban would be the absolute first to run to the league and say, whoa, 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 tampering, 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 and see if he can pull Brunson back in at a price that more fits his desire. I don't think Miami is in this race one bit. You know what? It's a pretty good topic you bring up here because I actually didn't think about it until you did say that where you're saying, okay, you know, maybe he's looking at Miami because it's a primo destination. Everybody wants to live in South Beach. It's a good basketball organization and a chance to legitimately win a championship. But the more you start to think about it here, all this isn't in motion here where the Knicks are moving heaven and earth and, you know, trading players away, clearing cap space, hiring his dad, only for his dad to actually say, well, I told you I couldn't guarantee that Jalen was going to come here and play for the New York Knicks. It just makes way too much sense. But now that you're saying it here, it's like if it was just that easy, like the minute free agency struck, Jalen has already signed, seen him delivered to the New York Knicks. At least he's putting up the charade to say, we never had an agreed upon deal. How could I have an agreed upon deal and still be making my free agent rounds? It makes some sense with what you're saying here. He's going to the Knicks, but just trying to put a nice little paintbrush out there and say, you know what? Smooth things over. I was never a hundred percent to the New York Knicks and we never spoke. Because Again, the whole time it's it's been a two-team race. And then the Knicks got so far in front, DRS, we were given I mean, we were given contract details. And all, eh, all right, let's see now what Miami's bringing to the table. Yep. Stop it. I mean, that's that's just that's not what's be And also, we've heard Miami's list, right? Of the Beals, the Levines, because Miami understands yeah. that if you're going to pay someone a max contract, they probably should be worth it. Do the Knicks understand that? I'll let you be the judge. Hour number two is coming up next. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 